lie. I be rolling with you, mommy. I be feeling the motion. When I'm inside you, I be deep as the ocean. When it comes to your love, can't lie. If you strong as a potion, that's why me and you forever be coasting. Let's roll. Cold pilot on the passenger side, be so fly. She's so lit, we so high. Just me and my chick, yeah. Just me and my chick, yeah. Cold pilot. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? Welcome to another one, yo. We back, top of 2024, yo. Sparking conversation. I'm your boy, Rod One, man. And listen, thank y'all so much for rocking with us all 2023. That was a really dope year for us because, you know, like I said, I just brought the show back in 2023. Um, well, no, 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 it was 2022. It was late uh, 2022. And uh, yeah, and then we made it through consecutively through the year. We stayed consistent. And yeah, we're here, yo. So I thank y'all, man. And actually, to all the people that be downloading the audio version of this podcast, yo, thank you to y'all, man, because y'all going into the year like that. And that's what I appreciate, you know what I mean? Because like I said, a lot of times people do things or they start things. And because you don't get that instant gratification that you may be looking for, even if your content might even require that you feel like you're supposed to get that instant love right then and then, it don't come. You know, a lot of people will give up and that don't happen. You know, because see, I, I think a lot of times when people think don't things don't go the way that they think it should go, when it should go, it'll be a thing where they feel like it wasn't meant to be. And that's not always the case. I think timing is everything. I think the more consistent that you are with what you do, it'll get you to where you're supposed to go. And I think a lot of times so many people, they get caught up in this microwave thing because, you know, social media has everybody with the instant gratification. You know, you get likes right then and there. You get hearts right then and there. You get follows. A lot of ladies get DMs and a lot of different things. And it gives you that instant gratification. And so I think they feel like whenever they put something out, it don't come right away. I think they feel discouraged really quickly because they translate the like button and the love button and the inbox to really a person liking or supporting you and it's really not that and you learn quickly when you go into doing something like this doing a podcast or creating content you go into doing this and then then next thing you know you're looking at your streams or you're looking at your views and it might not be exactly where it is when you just put up something random or you put up a picture or you do something like that your joints blow up but when you put on something that is of substance of substance or it's something that you're creative or you're creating you know then you get a lot of crickets but one thing i i noticed that whenever you turn your social media into business platform i think that's the difference with a lot of people too it's like you know this is your personal thing people use social media for whatever they use it for and i think that's their personal preference that's their thing that's their business not my business but i use it for business purposes only I, and then you know i do link up with people like from school and, and family and stuff like that we do chop it up and i'm not going to say that that don't take place but for the most part of the use that I use it for is for business. My page is for business. So it allows you to see analytics. So any of y'all out there that may not know that, yeah, you could put up some content and it may not have a whole lot of uh, likes and comments and stuff. But then when you go look at your impressions, you're like, wow. Okay. And then you notice that when it comes to algorithms, the people that you engage with the most is who see it, the, who see it first. So whenever you get those views and then you don't see the like, you don't see the comments, you pretty much know who is not supporting you, even if they say they are. 
I think that's that's the thing. So once you realize that, then you'll keep putting up your content, you'll stay connected because then it's the new people that don't know you is who you're looking to grab, not the people that you do. So whenever you're doing stuff like this, please don't gauge what you're doing based on who you already have or what you think your following already is. You know what I'm saying? If you want to count on it, count on it. But just be ready to be consistent because it's a bunch of new people that you're going to grab and that's going to really hold on to whatever you're doing and that's going to really give you that longevity that you're looking for, all right? Back. So 2024 started off crazy. Y'all already know that. Cat Williams shut the whole shit down. He, he he went out there and just unloaded the clip on mad people. And they've been responding, but it ain't really it don't even really matter because for so long they've been the ones talking about him in interviews and he ain't been saying nothing. He hasn't been going to interviews defending himself or commenting on what people said. So now that he let it all out the bag. Like, it's crazy. And he a genius, too, because he used it right in the midst of him starting his new tour. He unloaded the clip. Next day, the tickets went on sale. <laughs> he mad smart. But a lot of other stuff that's been happening in 2024 already. I got aliens in Miami walking through the mall shopping or whatever. But it's mad aliens getting caught out in, in, in Miami in the mall. You got cats jumping over, flinging themselves at judges. But you got a lot of other things that's been carrying over from the years. And this is something that we're going to talk about tonight because I got my homeboy on the on the podcast tonight. You know what I'm saying? Going to chop it up with us. We got John C. Barnett. Y'all already know the civil rights CEO. Y'all can't stop the. We got to always get like this is one thing about my platform. Like we always say, man, you know, when you get something like that, it's easy to get into your ego and just want to feed people what you think you want them to know, especially when you start figuring out that people paying attention. But it's also, you know, another thing when you lend your platform to other people. And again, tonight, like we're going to do, like we always going to do, we're going to lend my platform. We're going to lend it to other people because we got John C. Barnett and we're going to talk, you know what I mean? Like we're going to chop it up. He's been, he's been, doing a lot since the last time we had him on the show. I want to start the year off with the update so that people can know. Like, if there's causes that you feel like you want to support this year, or if it, if there's something that you need to do to motivate yourself to get out of the mindset of thinking that we don't need to come together. Sometimes you need to hear stories of people who need people. And hopefully, you know, and put yourself in a position where if that was you, what would you what, what would you want people to do? Would you want would you want people to come to your aid? It's one thing when people are always talk about they don't like people, but let you go through something serious enough, you'll be wishing that people from everywhere will come and support you. You know what I mean? And tonight we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, uh a young lady named Mateen McMillan, her son, man, you know, a fifteen year old son was shot in the head by the police and, and and you know it's it's one thing for us to hear this story a lot like we we know that this is a part of what goes on in our society right like you know police injustice um unarmed civilians getting shot by the police and you know for all these different reasons now there's a lot of reasons why we could come up with why this happened but the one thing that we can never come up with is the way that it makes the people feel who actually got to deal with it. And, and that's the thing that I don't think nobody thinks about when it comes down to whether they feel like this person right or wrong. But this, these family members have lost a person through violence, y'all. Like, that's different. 
You know, I know it's a lot of things that happen to people on a day-to-day basis. We understand that. But at the end of the day, regardless of who is at the hands of, whether it's the police, whether it's a regular person, civilian, whatever, there's people out here using that type of force to express themselves because that's just what the deal is. That's the thing now. That's the that's the going thing. You know what I'm saying? People automatically is going to wind up in a position where you just might not see them no more. You know, they leave the house and then you just don't see them no more. Think about the story that just broke when, uh, you know, you have the young mother whose child was out here and uh, left the house and then, bam, yo, found out he was buried behind the prison. And then there's 214 more bodies found buried behind this prison. And then the saddest thing about it is that when people had to try to come recover the bodies of their loved ones that they found out that was back there, they was charging the people to come get the bodies that they illegally buried back there. Like, let me tell you all about this system if y'all don't know about it. This is the reason why when we talk about things like this, yeah, it's serious and it gets emotional in the whole now. But you know what? At, at right now, this is the best thing that we can do when it comes to the age of information is to allow people the platform to come up here and talk they talk and speak they peace because there's so many other places that people go and they always asking you know well why did they do this and they ain't do that and then we like i bet so then when we hear from the horse's mouth we give y'all no excuse no excuse not at, at all to not either sympathize empathize or put yourself in a position where if this was to happen to you what would you want would you want the people to jump on it and, and support you and get this thing going so we can try to so we can get some justice because you know the one thing about it is that when once these people are gone they can't come back and the fact of the matter is the reason why these people are allowed to be able to torment or put people through this type of torment but then go home and rest every night and feel proud about what they did without worrying about kiss their children knowing that they that this other that this other family's child is not going to be able to get kissed again like yo you crazy man so yeah every chance we get yeah we bug out and we wild out on here but we also won't give like i said my people to our platform and the opportunity to tell a story and we're gonna clip this up and put it out so real quick i got it introduce everybody that's coming on now remember i got meek in the building uh illy gonna jump on in a little bit you know what i'm saying so shout out to all the people dealing with the little not the little but the tornado situation that's going on tonight so people's power is jumping in and on or off and on so you know i know that that may affect how many people are watching tonight but don't worry y'all y'all know what we do we always gonna chop it up clip it up and put it back out so y'all ready all right so I'm going to bring the crew on for tonight. So, look, we got Meek in the building. I got John C. Barnett. And, again, I have Miss Katrina McKean in the building. And we're going we gonna to get on here and we're going to chop it up and we're going to figure it out. So, let's do this real quick. Meek, what's going on? What's up? Happy New Year. Yeah, no time, yo. Dad, New Year, long hair, yo. Your hair long, y'all? It is. <laughs> it's been up in a ponytail. So, I know I put it down today and I was like, okay, inches. Let's All go. Right. There you go. I bet. Let's see who we got in the building. Oh, there you go. Can't stop Doug, man. What's going on? Oh, now you got your mic muted. Unmute your mic, OG. Okay, how y'all doing? How you doing? Hey, Mika. What's up, bro? Hey, man. Hey, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. For real. You too. You too. You too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get this young lady on. How you doing, Miss Katrina? How you doing? I'm doing okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, good How you to doing, see Katrina? you. With me. How you doing? Doing good. Well, good to see you and glad to have you on tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so listen, this is what we want to do because we understand that, you know, what you're going through is deep, all right? And we know that it's something that we know. It's certain information that need to get out to the people. We know it's certain things you can't say. So whatever you don't feel comfortable with asking throughout this conversation, feel free to not answer it. But however you feel and whatever information you need the people out here to know so they can know how to support you and, and, and get under whatever you have going on, this is the platform for you, all right? Definitely. So I just want you to, we want to start off, we want to um, let you introduce yourself to the people and then tell everybody what's, what's basically going on with you. Um, my name is Katrina Mateen. I'm the mother of 15-year-old Jaheem McMillan out of Gulfport, Mississippi, um, shot at Family Dollar Store. The day Jaheem was shot at the Family Dollar Store, he was, he was not being chased. That car was not being chased by the police. And my son was not the driver. He was a back passenger. He jumped out, as well as the front passenger, and they went left. My son went right and then tried to go back left. And um, I'm like, really? I'm not sure what happened. But what I see from the video is that my son was running away when he was shot in the back of his head. I never right. seen my son turn around and, and point a, a gun at the police like the like police uh, chief Adam Cooper said that my right. son did, and that was supposedly the reason why my son was shot. But video don't show anything that support what he said. And justice still hadn't been served. My the uh, MBI, the um, attorney general, all of them. None of them wanted to make a judgment on that officer. So they sent my son's case to uh, a secret grand jury and let them decide. And that decision basically lets this officer walk free of murdering my son for no reason and, and not giving me an explanation of what happened. Not giving me anything that pertains to my son. Wow. Yeah. And um, I did I did some research myself and I was out here um, looking around at the case and there was a lot of witnesses, too, that um, can vouch for that, like that, right. you know, that your son was actually really, you know, he didn't have any weapon. He didn't brandish anything like to, right. to cause them to to want to do that. And then at the end of the day, I, I don't understand why. In this society, they don't realize why we may run, right. even e even if we are right or wrong. But why we would run at that moment when the police come because of that fear, and I don't think they understand that. Like better relations would cause us to be in better positions where they don't have to feel as threatened if they try to come off when they do these type of things, mm -hmm. and, and 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 that's what that's what just irritates me so much that. 
You know, we 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 are put in this position where we have to live in fear. So um, who's we got Fred? We got Fred in the building. How you doing, young man? I'm doing good. How about yourself, sir? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. You want to introduce yourself to the people? Yes, yes sir. Fred, we can't see your face, so y'all both put some light on. Oh, okay. You too, Hold on. You too, Sister Mateen. We want to see y'all beautiful face if y'all can put some light on. I'm in the car as well. Okay, yeah. there you go. There you go, bro. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, my name is Frederick Chambliss. Uh, I'm the VP of True Healing Under God under Mr. Barnett down here in uh, Mississippi. Um, I'm uh, the whistleblower um, for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Uh, I'm on the front page of the Jackson Advocate, and I've been trying to bring awareness to the corruption of the Bureau of Prisons. And uh, Mr. Barnett brought me on to uh, help with Miss Miss Mateen's case. I'm I'm down here in Mississippi. I'm two hours away from Miss Mateen. Oh, sorry, two and a half, three hours from Miss Mateen. So I just, I'm on to to help with her, bring some exposure uh, with my platform because uh, I'm familiar with the case. Uh, and uh, from last time I heard, Mr. Crump was down here on the case. And when I talked to Miss Mateen. Um, I found out that he was no longer on the case, so that I was disheartened to hear that. So uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm joining in with Mr. Barnett to help bring exposure to what uh, to Miss Mateen's son's case because it's it's often too familiar um, that that goes on around here in Mississippi, and I, I don't know if y'all familiar that uh, that not only that we have not to just take away from her case. Uh, they've had uh, uh, several close to 215 bodies in the uh, buried in the back, uh, buried behind the uh, prison down here in Mississippi in Jackson. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot going on down here in Mississippi, man. And and it's like we need exposure down here. We need exposure bad. And I'm you know I'm doing my best. Like I say, to help with the, uh, especially with the exposure with the Federal Bureau of Prison, uh, which is widely corrupt, widely corrupt. Right, right, right. And yeah, we mentioned, I mentioned, uh, I definitely mentioned that in the beginning of the show about that finding of the uh, 215 bodies behind the prison. And it was also selling the bodies back to the uh, loved ones of those that was. Uh, right, there, right. So look, this is what we're gonna do because we're gonna get in a little bit about, um, you know, uh, Attorney Crump and you know the situation that may have, you know, when he started and where we are now. So John, this is what I wanna, um, I wanna ask you real quick because you know, like, like we both mentioned before, like this is a, this is not something that we don't deal with on a regular basis. The part, the problem is, is that when it comes down to the exposure of us going through these particular type of scenarios, we don't really get the platforms to come in that really help us like that. So from your experience right now going on with the case, uh, talk to me a little bit about how the exposure has been so far. Well, believe it or not, I just talked to uh, Sister Martino yesterday. What gives us a lot of hope is that, um, unfortunately, Attorney Crump, who I, I just don't know how he does it. Um, I text, he texted me on yesterday, and he's just over, he's, he's literally overwhelmed. Um, but what gives us hope is that he told Miss Mateen that she has a case. It's just going to take some work, and it gets right. he didn't the time to do it. So we're going to be putting a, a new lawyer in place for him. I'm, I'm excited about helping her with her case. Uh, I said earlier, Right. He just, he's riding to the dollar general or family dollar um, with his friends. 
you know, and I, there's a phobia that goes on in this country where, where black boys are just scared of the police. Um, right. It's just a phobia. It's a right. serious phobia. You know, uh, the police turn their blue lights on behind a white person. They just like, oh, that must be Jim behind us. You know, they turn the blue lights on us. We're trying to figure out, you know, if they're going to pull us over. We're going to live to see the next day. And unfortunately, this young man didn't do anything wrong. He jumped out the car and ran. Uh, and then, unfortunately, they shot him um, in the back of his head. And so the, the sad thing about this is that the police orchestrated this where they, they the gun, they, well, there was a gun, it was like 15 feet away. But they said he turned around and pointed a gun. And obviously, there's no gun beside him on the ground. Luckily, we had some powerful photos that someone was able to take that we can use for our case. But my goal is really to shine a light. Um, what I do with civil rights is shine a light in dark areas. And Mississippi right. got to be the darkest. Mika, Mississippi is is. I'm, I'm literally looking at starting a civil rights office in Mississippi because it's right. it's it's horrible down there. How are you gonna bury 215 bodies behind the jail? And I was talking to somebody last night. I was like, you know what? That's the perfect place to hide them. Who's gonna look behind the jail? Yeah. You can't put them in a black church. You can't put them behind the football field. Who would look? Who would think to look behind a jail? And so right. that's not some type of joke that they're talking about. These are bodies behind them. And so Mississippi needs to just be shut down. The whole state needs to be shut down. Uh, and right. They need to merge with Florida or Georgia. They don't, they don't need to govern themselves because I think they've been governing themselves too long. And that's why we're in the situation we are now. But Ms. Yes, I'm, excited, I'm excited about Ms. Patine case. We're going to be doing a press conference for her. And also get a new lawyer in place. I'll be reaching out to my big brother, Attorney Malik Zulu Sabaz. Um, on Tuesday, real quick, we were supposed to get the uh, officer sentenced that shot Michael Jenkins and his mouth in Mississippi. Uh, there's six deputies. Uh, they moved a court date to this morning to March, but they can jump around all they want to and play courtroom shuffle. They will be sentenced, uh, so they can't ex they can't escape that. And so. Uh, as we travel back and forth to Mississippi, we're going to be helping her. I'm going to be introducing her case to my uh, attorney, Malik Sabah, in Maryland. There you go. So listen, let's do this a little bit because I think this is important because you made you made an important uh, uh, point earlier and you said it's a phobia, right? And, and, and that's the thing that we don't talk about that often because mm -hmm. I think what they realize is that although, right, we can always say, to our children, the police come, don't run. You can say that all you want to, but the problem is in that moment, when that fight or flight kicks in and all you can think about is everything else that's been going on in the area that you live in. Because like y'all said, Mississippi, there's a lot of things that are coming out now, but think about the things that are undocumented. Think about the things that have not gone with, with no light shed upon them at all that gives them the arrogance and that that ego thing to make sure that they continue to do what they do, you know, outside of them not having those pictures that y'all had in the family dollar and stuff like that. So for a second, let's do this because um, I'm sure, you know, all of us are parents up here and, and as much as we teach our children and we try to, you know, put them in the right mindset, it's just that it's, we are not there in every option, you know, every time that they got to go through whatever they're dealing with out here. But let's talk about the phobia a little bit. Being black in America, is it, um, how do how do we get around this thing? Like, how do we get around the fact that we do have to see that when we see the police, our first instinct is to run? I I would say that black boys in this country need to visit the mosque on a regular basis 
and we need to learn everything that the nation of Islam is doing. I had heard that they don't let their women go out past a certain time. And now that I think about it, in my club days, I didn't see Muslim sisters hanging out at the gas station after I leave the club. I'd see our sisters, unfortunately, half naked at the club with their outfits on. Um, they respect and obey the law. They say yes, sir, and no, sir. They don't do drugs, right? And so I say that to say this, and I've been telling the black pastors this in Charlotte, if y'all don't try to figure out how to, how to sit down and listen to what Minister Farrakhan is doing with the Nation of Islam, then we're just going to be going around in circles and circles. And what I mean by that is this. I've been fighting civil rights, been four times for 17 years. I've never, ever, ever, ever gotten a call from the Nation of Islam, not for police profiling, not for weed in the car, not for guns not for resisting arrest, not for assault on an officer. I don't even go, I've not got one call from the nation of Islam. And that is damn near impossible. That black men in this country don't get pulled over or get, they don't even get, I haven't got a call from them about traffic tickets, brother. And, I, and I'm close to the mosque. And Jackson is about 30 brothers. That's every time I come to Jackson, they with me. In Atlanta, my Muslim <laughs> brother, Kenneth Muhammad, we just sued the Fulton County Jail. In Charlotte, I'm a special a member of the Nation of Islam. I'm a Mean Man March. I ate dinner with Farrakhan. Uh, I hosted the 17th anniversary of the Mean Man March in Charlotte. My point is, I've never gotten a call from them. So all I'm saying is, is that I wish we get to the point, all of us, myself as well, I don't eat pork because of the nation, that we learn what the Nation of Islam is doing because they are not calling me and they're not getting in trouble. And I think part of, the, part of our challenges is that the phobia also comes with us seeing the images on 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 blog radios and on tv you know the breaking news story this report in charlotte told me uh i was telling a little bit of this feel good story uh mika about um a pastor feeding feeding the homeless and taking care of inmates she's like john we don't want to hear that i said what do y'all want to hear she said we want to hear the top three trending stories and this was last year what did kanye west say what did donald trump tweet and what black man got shot by the police those were the top stories. Gotcha. That's well, what they want. I will say this, though, when it comes down to, well, this is something that will be said if it came down to that. I think, you know, if we put a spiritual structure in, I think that will help out a lot. I don't know if it's a particular one or not, because, you know, it's just too much that comes behind that when it comes down to um, following someone based on a religious, you know, aspect when it comes to that, you know, um, but I do believe that, you know, for young men to deal with the phobia, it also comes with, you know, with us being able to have a better relationship with our children as black men, you know what I mean? So I think that's where it starts at first, uh, before it actually gets put on the, um, you know, any, any societal or any religious or any other, you know, um, construct, I think it, it could start there first. And, and unfortunately, that's not what happens in a lot of our, uh, mm -hmm. in, our in, in our households where, you know, and I'm not even speaking from the fact of, you know, mother and father being together. I'm just talking about mother, father, parents, and the child, you know, and in the sense of the father actually being in the child's life. So let me ask you something, uh, Miss Katrina. In this, throughout this process of you dealing with this, which is, it's hard to really ask you like how you're doing, right? Or, or how you're feeling because there's really no way to explain that, right? To a person and use, you know, 
feel comfortable with saying that. But if you can, help me to understand a little bit. Let's talk about your son and the type of person that he was. Um, tell the people, you know, like, what was he into? What was his hobbies? What are the things that he liked? What are the things that he talked about that he wanted to be? What was his aspirations, if you if you can um, tell us? Um, Jaheim, he, he likes sports. So it wasn't just one particular sport that he liked to play. But he was the type of person that if he didn't play enough, he would, like, want to quit. I don't want to play no more. I'll wait till next year. That type of thing. You know, um, he, uh, he he mostly stayed home and played video games um, until he got like like maybe fourteen and a half, and I start letting my son leave the house and go out and walk the neighborhood with his friends. I didn't mind that he did that. Because right. the boys that he hung with, they actually grew up to, um, next door to each other. And so they seen each other every day. And then I moved, you know, from with his father, which was next door to those boys. And I moved, like, maybe two blocks. So it was walking distance. So he still seen those boys, you know, every day. Gotcha. So at, at at one point, I started letting him walk the neighborhood. Like, you know, his whole family is in the neighborhood. Gotcha. Um, they loved him. The, the, the kids at school loved him. They say that my son made, made him smile, made them smile. They made him laugh. He was a jokester. You know, if you could have met Jaheen. I mean, shit. I'm sorry. I just use profanity. No, but, you can, uh, no, no, yo, you can, go ahead, don't worry, I'm going to say one or two by mistake, go ahead. But, um, I'm not, I, I miss my son, you know, right, and I, right. like, within a month or so leading up to my son's death, I, I, I was having this feeling, and this bad feeling, like, something was going to happen, so I'm talking to my son, like, you know, son, I love you. You know, nobody loves you like I love you. So, right. so I'm asking him, is is there anything going on with you that you that I should know about? Is anybody threatening you? Because I, I, I'm not having these feelings for no reason. And he was like, no, mama. You know, nobody's doing anything. I'm not doing anything. And, and I said, okay. But I still had those feelings. Right. And um, I worried a lot. Right. He right, had right. a he had a school, and he was in Gulfport High School, so he was a, a freshman. Gotcha. He got there not too long ago. It, it, he got a few teachers that loved him at the school. Right. And I know it's a lot of students at the school that still to this day defend him because right. um, the administrators at the school they didn't. They didn't recognize or or uh, help the students right. celebrate his 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 going, you know, and they was all basically threatened by the teachers not to walk out of class, and if they did, it would be consequences, and and I don't I don't know, I just feel like it was disrespect to me, you know. My son didn't go out and 
kill nobody, rob nobody, or right. do anything that he shouldn't have been doing. Right. That's right. And right. I, I hate that my son ran, right. but I don't blame him for running because right. that's not the first time that he's been targeted by those officers. Oh wow. Yeah I, that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, to cut you off, Sister Katrina. Um, there, was, there was no reason for them to pull the boys over. There was no uh, re reason for the stop at all. Um, but the phobia kicked in, and he got out and ran. And, um, you know, the cops are dirty down there. So they're going to plant things and have things positioned in a certain way to make themselves look uh, or put them in the clear, so to speak. Um, but I'm a, uh, something that really touched me last night that she had said that the four guys, young men that was in the car with um, her son, um, they all got tattoos because they missed a friend. That stuck out of my head last night. And then also, Sister Katrina also told me that when you got the DA, Brother Ra, and they don't really know what to do and they don't know how to prosecute this case. And they say, well, to clear our hands, let's give it to a special grand jury. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like when right. Jesus was crucified, right? right. And uh, I forgot the king name, you know, my, my biblical memory. But there was a king that said, hey, what y'all want to do with Jesus? Because I'm not going to have this on my, on my hands. And he told the crowd, he asked the crowd, what do y'all want to do to Jesus? And they said, crucify him. So they took his hands away in the reference to having his blood on the hands of Jesus. Still got his blood on the hands. And that reminds right. me of this particular case here. Where they, when you get to get to get a DA in a position where they don't know what to do, that that's questionable. And when it's questionable, right. that gives me hope. That's what I use to fight. That's the fire I use. Because right. if y'all had to send it to 12, 14, 16, I don't know what the number is. In North Carolina, I think it's 18 uh, for a grand jury. But not only did she say grand jury, she said a secret grand jury. So now y'all behind closed doors trying to figure out what to do. And then keep in mind, Emmett Till case. I got to tell you this, was all white men. So you know what the verdict was going to be. So I wonder if this jury was all white. You don't know because they don't show you the faces of the grand jury. Nowhere. And that's the problem. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's, that's another thing that we have to face when it comes down to the fact of why we run because of these type of injustices that take place, not only in the front of the camera, but also behind, like like you just said, in places like secret grand juries where, you know, they put a group of people together that may be all connected to the person that is really the person in trouble that's out mm -hmm. of, of who we are. You know what I mean? And then they got to decide how they're going to treat their friend. Mm -hmm. And that's the and that's the thing that it boils down to, especially when we in these places like you know, and there's so much, you know what it's saying? Like so many people say, Hey y'all, all 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 the uh all the people need to link up and, and move to the south and, 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 and do this whole new, you know, renaissance and, and bring back the black Wall Street and do all that. But when when we look around that the worst things happening to us is in the south. You know, so Fred, mm -hmm. let me ask you something, brother, because I know you are, um, and Meek, I'm gonna come to you in a second too. But uh, Fred, let me ask you something real quick, brother. So, in 
from your from your standpoint, right? By um, did you grow up? First of all, you grew up you grew up there, or you you know you recently planted? Yeah, there, yeah, right? yeah. I, I I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I've been in Rankin County, Mississippi, where the uh, Goon Squad. I don't know if y'all familiar with the Rankin County Goon Squad. Uh, the six former uh, white deputies that uh, that uh, pled guilty to torturing uh, two black men, Michael Jenkins and Eddie Parker, uh, when one was shot in the mouth. They they ran in these men's house uh, and tortured them for two hours. And uh, uh, but that's on another note. But yes, I was raised here uh, all my life and. And I want to add to that, Mississippi is corrupt from top to bottom. And I don't know if y'all familiar, our own governor who just got sworn back in, re-elected today and sworn back in for a second term, uh, has been uh, under investigation. Now, this is what I'm telling you. I don't know if y'all familiar with this. The governor and Brett Favre and the former governor all have conspired together to steal government where from money 77 million dollars yeah. 77 million dollars and brett Favre, y'all know who brett Favre is right right yes all these people conspire and, and, and allegedly they've been doing this but right. the, the the state auditor who was shad white blew the whistle he, he investigated he blew the whistle on them and now you got this whole big open investigation uh with 77 million dollars was of welfare funds was stolen. Five million dollars of it was funneled to um, to build a volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi, where Brett Favre's daughter played at, and the former governor was the alumni, and Brett Favre was alumni at is alumni at. So I mean, and you got all these police departments down here just 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 corrupt, and even with the Federal Bureau of Prisons, who I've exposed, um, just Mississippi is just burning. Mississippi is burning and it's taking people like Brother Barnett to come down here. We get outside resources. We 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 have no people here just fighting for us. And I had to I had to meet Brother Barnett through him fighting for the Rankin County Goon Squad. And I seen him on TV and I seen how he wasn't scared and how he talked to the uh to Rankin County Sheriff Deputy uh Brian Bailey, who's the sheriff in where I'm at right now. Um They've been doing this stuff for like 20 some plus years. And there is more and more dirt coming out on this sheriff who just ran unopposed and got him a, a rant just in. He's back in office again, ran unopposed. I mean, it's, Mississippi is just corrupt. And it's like, it's like, man, it's, Mississippi is really burning. Mississippi is really burning. Well, look, this is the, yeah, so, and, and and shoot, I was going to ask you how it was growing up for you there, but now I don't even, I don't even think, you know what I'm saying? We can even go there, because, wow, it, that, yikes. All right, so, well, and that's another thing. That's another thing, right? Because when, when we when we say things like for us, this is what I, this is how I feel, right? I feel like when it comes down to us and our power, I think that sometimes we settle. And I don't mean that as us just sitting here in front of us, but I think that as a group of people, we settle too, because, you know, I, we don't understand the power of working together because these, there are certain places that we no longer need to reside. You know, because it's, it's a thing where 
it's a lot of land in the South that was taken wrongfully from people and families and stuff like that. And there's so many different people who don't know that right now in the South, they're paying rent on land that they pretty much probably And they haven't done the research and know the particular things, you know that? Because a lot of times what things happen to people, they happen from a place of remote. And sometimes it's hard for you to actually think about these things when you're in the middle of it. But I wish if it was some way, in a shape, shape, form, or fashion, when we come down to understanding these particular towns and cities and all these things that actually do that to us, that we could group up everybody and relocate. I don't know. Somebody um, got something talking in the background. You might want to mute a little bit. Um, but for the most part, um, that we could relocate. Because I do understand that in these towns, they still are getting paid by tax dollars that are paid by the very citizens who are actually going through this abuse. And, and that's the fact. The fact is that the corruption and all the things that go on, you know, inadvertently, we have to, we are funding. Because a lot of times we won't pick up and move or we won't pick up and go or we won't, or we think about what we don't know on the other side, but the things that we do know we'll deal with that versus it being the other way around. It reminds me, John, you know, this reminds me of, of the story about the slaves that were freed, but because they were so used to being a slave, they voluntarily went back to the slave master. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because they was, un, they was afraid of what was the unknown, even though they knew the unknown came with the freedom. And I feel like that's a lot of things that a lot of us suffer with when it comes down to these particular places that are corrupt, because the longer we stay there, we actually fund it. You know, they can't, you don't pay that state tax if you're not there. They have to figure out ways to figure out ways how to continue to do that. There's ways for us to put this together. So me, let me ask you this. You're a mom, right? And in this particular stage, what do you think, uh, as far as the way that the, the, the justice system is set up that we know, right? And um, with you being uh, an implant from Connecticut and stuff like that, just growing up there, you know, how do you how do you feel when it comes down to the to the things that we know as a mom that we have to face when we let our children go outside? It's terrifying. Um, especially somebody like me, I, I have anxiety. So thinking about it too much they won't leave the house <laughs> like i will be one of those moms if i think about it too much because it is terrifying it's like the most that we can do is give them the knowledge um try like what um mr barnett was saying getting them into that islam learning some different ways to handle situations um so that when that flight or fight kicks in they're not running because I don't want to say it's their fault because they ran, you know, because, but if they didn't have that fear, if they knew just who they were and that was good enough and made them confident enough to handle those situations, instead of thinking my only option is to run. Um, that's the only thing that we can really do because we can't change anybody else, anybody else's actions. We can't change mm -hmm. God's. We can't change what they're going to see um or what they perceive in that situation so all we can do is just try to equip them with what they need to survive in this world mm -hmm. and let them know it is a little bit harder you know unfortunately because of your yeah, skin yeah. 
And coming to the South from coming up North, I mean, it's different up there. It's not to say that there's no racism. It's just different. It's different here, I feel, than it was up North. The fair's kind of the same, but it's more set down here for me. Like it's it's a different fair setting. Right, Um, right. That's, That's why I asked. That's why I wanted to ask about because of the transition from north to south because it is a different it is a different type of of thought process when you go outside depending on what region you're in and you know a lot of times we could just go visit somebody and boom you know because this is their environment yeah and and so what i want to do because um illy just got on what's going on l um we we would like to do a couple of things real quick because I want to make sure everybody chimes in on this because we have to find a way, right? To find a way to not be in fear. Now, I don't know how we can do it. I don't know what it is. I know, John, you said it's, it's it, it could be based on, you know, people learning what goes on in the Nation of Islam. It could be whether uh, the church steps in and comes up with some type i don't know but whatever we need to do because right now what i'm saying to you is that in in miss katrina's case um we can only inspire people going forward but her she can really really inspire people going forward and that's why i want to make sure that as we're talking and we're having these conversations tonight that we don't draw too far off of her story because we want to make sure that you know people understand that she's been able to talk this even tell her story and break down about her child and 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 be able to articulate it in a way where she could get everything out you know and so much emotion that could go into what she's dealing with and as black men, whether it be me with the platform, whether it be you, uh, Fred, that's jumping in and helping Mr. Barnett, and whether it's uh, you know the attorneys that come in, this is something that we all got to do more of. And I think, uh, John, you know, you was on the show before, and you were saying like a lot of the issues that go on in the household of us is because it's the black man's problem. And at this particular point in time, we have to use our voices, our platforms, or whatever we can to support our sisters as much as possible. Right。That's I think you muted. Okay. Oh, it, it's a lot, you know, and most of the time I, I can't think straight because I have so much running through my head and so many problems and it 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 really it really throws me off. And yeah. even trying to take care of my, my ten year old son. He knows what I'm going through, and he knows, you know, exactly what happened to his brother. So when I'm not feeling well, like, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night, my son will come in there, 
and he'll just hug me. But um, I don't know, you know. I really just don't know how to think and what to think because I just can't believe that I'm going to have to live the rest of my life without my son. Right. And that's That's hard. And it really really makes my anxiety go up just thinking about what I'm never going to be able to have with my son again. Wow. She's been been our own attorney. And I think I think that one thing that God has blessed me with is just giving people victims resources. Like imagine the most popular and nothing gets my big brother. Trust me. Y'all know he get 400 calls a day that he can only sometime attorney Crump can only send me an emoji because I know he's probably got 600 text messages, but to know that she has to be our own lawyer. She had to find out the time frame and the statutory time frame to sue. She's been filing paperwork. She got a lawyer, had a lawyer locally in Mississippi, and he dropped the ball. And then she's still uh, mourning her son's death. And, you know, in Christmas just left. And no Christmas gifts for him because he's not here. And so part of what I've been blessed with, and that's why I thank God that, I don't thank God that my brother was shot, but I can understand that my brother, after he got shot three times in his back by my cousin, that I uh, am I'm a little numb to, to death and murders right. and shootings. And so, right. yeah, that's not my son. I got a son, he's 25, but I can relate because I've been a victim of murder myself. And I right. vow to just help everybody that's, that's dealing with situations like this. And so in saying that, I think the number one thing that, that she needs is that love, support, prayer, my godly man. Uh, and, in, and in particular, not just talk to talk, but I'm going to Mississippi. I'm going to meet with her in Jackson, and I'm going to give her access to a lawyer and do a press conference. And I think that's the key is to give uh, individuals those resources, not to be at P. Diddy's house. Right. I said not to be at P. Diddy's house because Minister Farrakhan wouldn't go to P. Minister Farrakhan wouldn't go to P. Diddy's house. P. Diddy has to go to Minister Farrakhan's house. And if you're ever on YouTube, I got to throw this in there. I was talking to somebody the other day about that, about pastors have to make sure they have that strong black image that we had in 1970, 1980. You can't be at Puff Daddy's house. I'm sorry. And I don't care who said something about that. Because if you look on YouTube, R. Kelly goes to Farrakhan's house. R. Ke- Farrakhan didn't go to R. Kelly's house. And when he came, he sung, I believe I can fly. And he had his shoes off. So what am I saying? It's time for us as black men and black leaders and black pastors. There's no, all them black pastors down there hooping and hopping on Sunday. I couldn't find one church for a justice rally for MLK in Mississippi. And they got about 80 churches down there because of that fear. Not only has black boys got a fear phobia to police, the pastors got a fear and the local leaders got a fear that they're not going to have a nice relationship with the chief of police. If I come down there and stage the justice rally, for Dr. King, and y'all got 215 bodies behind the grave, and Michael Jenkins getting shot in his mouth, and this young man got shot in the back of his head, running in the back of his head. And so, shame on shame on you leaders for not doing that. Shame on the fact that I got to come from Charlotte to Mississippi to wake them up, but I don't mind doing it because I love my job. But I pray the day that they get that same mindset that Malcolm and Martin and Mega have, so that things will be better. I wish all three of them were alive today. I know if Mega Ed was alive in Mississippi, things would be different. But they shot him in the back of their head, too. And he was going in 
to the house to eat with his wife. And I visited his home a couple of months ago and you can feel his spirit inside that home. And so not only did sister, so what happens is what am I saying real quick as I close? Uh, sister Mika, they still shoot us in the back of the head. They shot Mega Evers in the back of the head when he got out of his car after having a meeting, an NWCP meeting. And then he walked down the driveway. They shot him in the back of his head. And yet in 2023, they shot this brother in the back of his head. And so we got to get to the point where we say no more. Real talk. Gotcha. And yeah, so I was going to say that. I was going to ask that, yo. Like, I don't understand why a situation like this, this would be a perfect time for the church when it comes down to it to actually show their actual support and their, and, 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 and how they feel spiritually about what's going on to people, regardless if they're a member of their church or not. And I was going to ask that. So how is the community... Uh, rallying around all these things that's happening in the news down there. But I mean, John, I guess you're saying like, yo, the fact that you got to come from Charlotte to go down to Mississippi, it does speak volumes. First of all, it speaks volumes in the sense of that you're actually, you know, out here putting in the work that people are finding you regardless of the state line. But secondly, it puts a whole lot of damper on the on, on what's going on in Mississippi as well, as far as the leadership there. Like when it comes to yes. the black community, and I'm talking about from the church, like why are they not gathering and rallying and what or are they? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you guys, because of course that's not gonna make mainstream news and people not gonna do that on the podcast because I don't get them clicks. So what, what's going on down there? Is is the church rallying after finding these well, 200 and well, something bodies? What's going on? Well, well, in studying civil rights, I realized that Dr. King was challenged by pastors uh, in his Birmingham letters. When he was writing Birmingham letters, it wasn't for black folks. It was for black pastors. He was basically uh, getting on them about saying he was a troublemaker. So what happens is when I found, when I dealt with the reality, Sister Katrina, Sister Mika, that I couldn't find a black pastor to support me when I'm coming down there. At least, at least break bread with me and tell me what's going on in your neighborhood. I had to groom my own like Malcolm did in the movie. So I found Brother Fred Chambliss. And we staged a press oh, conference for him because wow. he was wrongfully terminated at prison. So I found myself to be creative to say, you know what, if I can't find no pastors, I'm going I'm to groom an activist. And I found one of the most finest, most vibrant. His new name is the whistleblower. He actually has a, a brother, right? You got to go on his page. He got a, a referee uniform with a whistle, Mika. And he'll go in front of a prison, a jail, and <laughs> blow the whistle like yeah, two short, for real. Yeah, and so, and I don't know. There go his paper. So I, right. I told him, I say, loud and I say, be loud and dramatic. And so, Sister Katrina, in order to bring your case to the forefront, uh, to rise your son's case, not that nobody needs to be elevated other than uh, to rise your case above the 215 bodies behind the jail. It's getting a lot of news right now. To rise yourself above my own personal case, Michael Jenkins getting shot in his mouth. We have to be loud and dramatic with your son. We had to let the whole world know who your son is, the way Sister Trayvon Martin's mother did. And so that's a matter of being loud and dramatic. So laugh at the referee uniform in the world if you want to. He's been doing interviews every week because that's it worked. About. Yeah, look, look, that's yeah. look, that's what happens whenever you put those things out there. And not like I said, this is not the time to make it seem like we have uh, 
any type of thing that we don't agree upon. But this is what I mean by when it comes down to the religious aspect of our community. The religious aspect of our community gets the backlash that it does. It's because they do not step up when the time is when they're needed or necessary the most. And it, as much as we can look at different types of religion and we can say there are all aspects of religions that can make things okay or good or great in whatever ones are. But nothing to me stands out more than if you have a relationship with God that you're not standing up for God's people or his children. That's right. Like let's let's put let's put all the egotistical thing aside and let's just think about his children. Like, did he not say he protect women and I mean children and fools, right? So then if there's a children up under that or a child, sorry, if there's a child up under that, the first thing or the first group of people who should be on the front line should be whatever the religious sections are. I don't really care what the denomination is. The denomination just shows that it's a bunch of people confused about one person. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that at the end of the day, what your fundamentals is, your foundation is, what the reason why you're saying you take up tithes and offerings should be about the people. If that's who you that's represent, right. if you represent Jesus, what they say, he walked around to the people. He didn't have a church. He went to the people. So whatever they talking about in their churches or whatever, the fact of the matter is that they're not on the fourth, uh, uh, the front line with you three people right here. It's crazy in all yeah, aspects. Yeah. They don't get no pass for that. And I don't understand like why people are still pouring up in their churches every Sunday if they can't understand that, yo. Like, listen, yeah. if this could be you on the news next, I'm sure that in some of these churches out there, some of that 200 and something bodies back there is, is related to somebody in some of these churches on one of these corners. Because not only do they got the big churches, they got the mom and pop ones in the corner all out there too. That's like, right. where are y'all? Like, that's right. so that's another thing that is really bothersome about that. So we have to figure out a way. And you did by linking up with Brother Fred. Fred did it. He do, he's doing an awesome thing by saying to himself, I'm going to dress the role. Regardless of people laughing at the uniform costume, whatever they want to call it, he's dressing the role. That's and right. I feel like if you're a pastor and you're going to throw in a collar, if you're not, if you're going to throw in a suit, or if you're not, you're going to throw in a sweatsuit because you want to relate to the people, or not, where you at when these type of scenarios come on is what we want to see. They ain't nowhere right. to be found. So I want y'all to understand, like, yo, I don't know how much more that you guys need, but what I'm going to do is, like I said, everything that we say, we're going to chop it up, we're going to clip it out, and we can continue to market and promote this show throughout the rest of the year so we can keep continuing getting the word out and helping y'all be as dramatic as possible. So, Fred, that's what I want you to do real quick. Um, and, and, and Ms. Katrina, we're going to give you the floor back, too. But, uh, Fred, real quick, I want you to, um, you know what I'm saying, in your enthusiastic, in your whistleblowing, uh, uh, vibe, all right. I want you to, you know, let us know, like, what's really going on down there. How you, what, what, what is your goal? What is your mission? And what do you plan on accomplishing by being under John Barnett? Yes, sir. At first, my mission was just only to expose the Federal Bureau of Prisons because it's been widely criticized for the corruption uh, that's been going on for many, many years, and it wasn't only until uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, just, just, uh, just mysteriously was killed in prison. I mean, mysteriously committed suicide. 
Right. And so, you know, that you got the, the the old old director who had to step down due to not accepting responsibility for all the corruption that was going on. And now you got the new director who I've been going at super hard, uh, saying that she supports whistleblowers and want if we see something, say something. And I've been trying to, exp uh, well, I got, she's on the front paper. I'm on the front paper with her picture trying to expose more corruption, especially at the facility that I was at. So, right. you know, when I, when I was at, I was at home for two years getting paid under the table and they offered me a $300,000 settlement and I refused the settlement. And it's like, ever since I refused the settlement because they wanted me to resign and combine all my cases and drop my complaints against management. And I refused because I don't, it ain't about the money. Yeah. I want the money later, but I want accountability. So the next person behind me, and those people, the the, the the future generations behind me that that works at the prison will no longer have to suffer the consequences of reporting management because it's ongoing right now at the federal prison. So my goal was just to expose the corruption, but God had to take me out of my comfort zone. And when I realized I was out here fighting this machine by myself and that nobody was helping me, that uh, my own union, I was the vice president of the union uh, at the prison. My own union turned their backs on me. Uh, and I went to the church. The church wouldn't help me. I'm to my when I tell you nobody helped me. I said, God, what is, what is what are you doing right now? What what is this? Like I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to do the right thing. Like you 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 really want me to go out here and crash out. So, but you know, like I said, I was at home for two years getting paid and trying to get help exposing the corruption. And like I say. God had to take me out of my comfort zone and show me that it's just more, it's more, it's more than the prison. I had to look at the state of Mississippi. And when, when, when the Rankin County Goon Squad, and I already knew about the Rankin County Goon Squad, but I didn't know they was taking it that far. When, when they assaulted those two black men and I, in, in my county where I live at now, and I seen that on the news and I seen brother Barnett and his, his, his his big brother and everybody come from out of town and they they rallied at the courthouse and I saw that on the news. I said, I got to be a part of that because Rankin County is full of corruption. The same crap that I'm dealing with. So I said, I got to join that fight. I got to join the forces to be that's fighting that corruption. Right. And so when I seen Brother Barnett on TV and when he went in on Sheriff Brian Bailey and we talked that smack I said, golly, I got to hook up with that brother because gotcha. I need somebody who's, who has a voice and who has a platform who is not scared. And so when I went out and, and took these journeys with Brother Barnett and he took me along with him on these on these um, civil rights uh, uh, journeys, yeah. I'm seeing like the exposure and I'm like exposing the corruption. I'm like, this is where I belong. Right. So it's like, like I say, God pushed me out of that, my comfort zone gotcha. to, to get in this fight gotcha. because I'm, I'm far from like, I'm so pissed off right now at all this corruption that's going on right here. A nigga can't tell me nothing. So right. when, when Miss, when I heard Miss Mateen, when I seen her son's story months and years ago, I mean, what, a year and a half ago, I was like, damn, you know, but I thought they was on that. But when brother Barnett brought it to my attention, I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm ready. I'm 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 ready. Whatever needs to whatever needs to happen, I'm there. 
So when you know I talked to her and she told me the 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 the, the details of the story, I was like, man, this is just some more cover up, and I'm sick of this shit. I'm yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm sick of nah, it. No, nah, no, nah, no, nah. I get the anger. No, man, look, passion passion is something that people misconstrue as anger a lot of times. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean? they portray me as an angry black man. I said, you can portray me as an angry black man all you want, but it's my passion. I'm sick of these folks down here misusing yeah. us and abusing us and nobody doing nothing. I called the church out. Hey, where's the church at? They take our money every Sunday and every Wednesday and you got pastor appreciation and pastor birthday and they did all this money being spent, but they ass ain't in the street speaking up. Because they controlled by the same powers to be. And I'm sick of it. Yeah, man. Well, look, I, we get the passion, yo. And, and you got the right to feel that way. And that's, a, and that's another reason why we we present the way that we present, right? And then, then and at some point, people just going to have to give it, to take it the way we give it up. It ain't always anger when we speak from. We speak from a place of passion, right? So, Miss Katrina, this is what we want to do because we understand that, you know, the reason, the reason for your fight is because you want to make sure that your son's legacy is represented the right way, and you also want to get justice for the injustice that happened to you and your family. And so, you know, I just want you to know, like, if there's any petitions that need to be signed, is there any type of... Uh, GoFundMe links or anything like that. You know, text it to me however we need to do it so we can get this out there, attach it to the videos. But I want you to be able to tell the people that'll be watching, that's going to watch these clips and stuff like that, um, how can they support you along this journey? What do you mean? I saw, I read that there was a lawsuit, you know, so. I found that myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So you, that, yeah. So that's that's big so that's another thing so you're gonna be I, and i and i can see this and i hate for it to be like whatever this may be the purpose for why your journey may be but i i think that you're going to be able to help so many different people once your story gets fully pushed in the place that it needs to be there's right. going to be so many different people that's going to be able to learn from how you took on this particular scenario and you did it fearlessly. So talk to me a little bit. Tell me um, what what is it that you, is there things that you need? Is there like I said? Is there any of those type of things that you want the people to know? Um, right now, I'm fighting the uh, my my case has been moved to federal court. The um, the city has moved it to federal. Gotcha. And, and right now, they're trying to. Um, dismiss my case. Wow. With say, yeah, with saying with the federal court, with saying that the grand jury already gave a verdict if not of, of innocent to the officer, and the uh, uh, attorney general had done the same thing. So I had to. Uh, uh, I had thirty days to respond to their letter, which I did that, and, and right now I'm waiting on a response for them. Gotcha. You know? And and I want to and I, not to cut her off. And I want to say the attorney general that she's referring to, Lynn Finch, is the same attorney general who did not want to convict the Rankin County Goon Squad when everybody knew what they had done. It wasn't. It was only until the federal, uh, the, the 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 civil rights division stepped in and flipped those boys, flipped those guys, 
and 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 they pled guilty to federal charges. Then the state turned around and 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 put state charges on them. So it, it's it's the same attorney general, uh, like I say, the same attorney general who just dropped yesterday just dropped the state auditor, who the the same state auditor who blew the whistle on the governor and all his buddies who stole the welfare money. So it's, it's she's corrupt. It's this whole freaking state is corrupt. It's corrupt. And that's why she can't get no justice. And that's why we need to rally around her and not let her son's death be in vain. Right, 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 right. So yeah, yo, that's 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 what right. we need to know. Right. And his birthday, his 17th birthday is uh, actually coming up February 1st. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just want I look you know, it, there's there's a couple of things that you know people always do in these scenarios, and and one one of them is is that they let things die down. Yep. You know, when it, when it's hot, people jump all on it. When they feel like it, it's not the thing that's getting the attention, they'll move on. Right. And I just want us to understand the power of the internet and understand what this really means. It's because of the fact that we're able to have, we're able to talk about this story. We can be able to share these type of this story every day, and that's what this type of thing gives us the power to do. Right. And um, see, my 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 internet really has been well, my my social media, my account, mm -hmm. TikTok, and Facebook. Um, I feel like my page is being watched, and well, I don't feel like that. I know it is because, you know, mostly everything that I posted right after my son died is, is gone. I can't find it on um, my social media. And my, my first um, TikTok account uh, was banned because I was talking about my son, and I actually, like, his story blew up on TikTok, and since I... TikTok banded me from that account because um, they said I violated by showing my. So they just they have been erasing everything about my son since the day he died. Like the even his funeral, I can't find it nowhere online. His funeral was. Wow. So yeah, you know, and, and that's another thing about that too, when it comes down to that. Yeah, you they could definitely um, you know, shadow shadow ban, you know, our, our content and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's why it's important that we do when we when we, you know, do things like this, so we are in positions where we have to fight for awareness that we continue to share the content. You know, because right. that's how that's how we move this stuff around. Is that we got to continue to share it because, yeah, of course, they control the algorithms and they can they can do all these different things. And as long as we still have the content, you know, we if we got to keep repurposing it, like keep posting it and keep putting it back up, that's what we'll do. Because you know, at the end of the day, that's where the fight is, right? Okay. That's where the fight is. The fight is a fight. It's not um, easy. Uh, somebody is throwing back punches and we got to either block or duck and we got to be able to throw back punches as well too. So um, even if we got to go all the way to Rumble, I mean Rumble and, and X, right now we're streaming on X. So everything that we're talking about now and all these other things, it will not be removed from me. 
So if, if anything else, we can continue to move and get this this word out, even if the other platforms decide that they want to play games. We know that Elon got that thing going on where he's not even allowing anybody to play with him when it comes to free speech. So we'll be able to continue to get this word out some shape, form, or fashion regardless. So that's what we want to make sure that we, right. um, we, we continue to do what we can in this fight because like i said you know y'all for those of y'all that are that are new to the platform like you know uh miss katrina fred you know john's been on before but you know on my content we normally uh we do reactions to different things videos all other kind of things that go on right um and then we we, we do have fun and we joke a lot and we, we 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 like to you know what i'm saying we like to laugh in between things that we're actually reporting on but then there's that opportunity that we get the chance like with you guys tonight and we get to talk about things that really matter in the moment. Get what I'm saying? Not just because it didn't happen yesterday, but this is in the moment. The thing that happened to your son, Miss Katrina, it, you know, it's unfortunately it's happening to so many other mothers, child, children that has not been recorded has not been caught on film has not been. And that's why your story is so important. That we rally behind you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, uh, a few well, 2018, that same department murdered my son's uncle, oh. Marvin Millen. Wow. They blew half of his head off, like all it was gone. 2018, the same the same department. And I know that they're saying they, they didn't, well, write that, well, they know who my son is. But at the time, they was basically saying that, well, we didn't know that was your son. Y'all know exactly who my son was. That was not my first encounter with any of those officers. And I personally, myself, told them, leave my son alone. Stop harassing my son. Y'all already murdered his uncle. What do y'all want with my son? Leave him alone. He ain't doing nothing. Anytime I had to speak to them, I told them to leave my son alone because they blew his uncle head off. And then they blew my son head off. They did the same thing to my son and then harassed me after. I was handcuffed at the dollar store going to check on my son. Threatened if I didn't shut up, then they'll squeeze the handcuffs tighter on my wrist. So I started screaming louder. I get to the hospital. The whole department is there. Same wow. Thing to Mobile. Same thing happened out there. They treated me bad just as well as Gulfport Police Department. Boy, help us on the way. Help us on the way. You need some real soldiers down there. Be it the nation or Black Panthers or whatever. A contact number I got in my phone. That's what you need. So when they show up in numbers, we show up in numbers. The Klan did the same thing. That's why we have to unify ourselves. So I can't wait to come down now. So October, October um, last year, for his first anniversary, we did a march. And I, you know, took it up through his old neighborhood, Hughes Avenue, and, and was going to lead to the beach so we can release balloons at the pier. But on that path, we had to pass by the mayor house. And since we had to pass by the mayor house, which is directly on the beach, the half of the department was sitting there waiting on us. As soon as we stepped foot in the street, they jumping out cars and, you know, and that's what made 
most of the people get mad, including me, because I can walk across this street and I can stand in the middle. But for you to come over here and yell or say, get off the street or you need to leave or, you know, that, who are you talking to? Wow. You know? So in, in, in front of the mayor house, which I do have video of that on my, uh, on my Facebook. Right. How those officers sit in front of the, the mayor's house like we were going to do something to the mayor's house or to the mayor. Man. You know, it was, it was just ridiculous. Man, yo, I, I just, man, yo, my heart goes out to y'all, man. Um, God, yo, I mean, just to just to try to exist in this country, man, it comes with so much anxiety, yo. Right. I one incident. I was sitting outside my house. I, uh, at the house I was living in before my son died, which was around a corner from the dollar store. Right. I was sitting outside my house. I wasn't parked in my yard. I was parked, like, on the street, which I do that all the time, and so do other cars. And it was, like, maybe 12 o'clock one night, and I'm just sitting there on my phone, and an uh, uh, undercover vehicle pull up behind me. And I didn't see the car pull up behind me until they cut the lights on when they was already behind me. So two officers jumped out the car. And I'm, you know, looking like, what y'all want? What you pulling up on me for? Oh, you're blocking traffic. It's, it's the middle of the night. Anybody on the street? They want they want my license, and I'm I'm talking smart to them. So the, the, the officer's like, oh, what is your problem? Why are you acting like this? Like, they don't know why I'm acting like this. Like, they don't know what my problem is. I feel like they was, you know, taunting me by right. saying, what is your problem, when they know they murdered my son. you've been dealing with, the more that people understand the severity of being able to help you. And, you know, and, and with all three of you guys, you know, like, 
because you all are going to need each other in this particular fight. Uh, John, and you're helping so many other people at the same time. And everybody is is in some type of scenario where they need that help as well, too. It's not like one person needed more than the other. Everybody needed as much. And so um, I'm going to be honest. We, we got to – I know that this is a step. I know it's been a while for you, Miss Katrina. I understand that, but this is another step closer to more awareness because we definitely uh, is going to put this out. It's been people who's been watching this live. I'm sure that once we put the clips out, people will be sharing. We hope y'all do the same thing. And uh, before we get out of here, I just want to make sure that everybody goes around and says uh, what you want the people to know because at this particular point in time, you know. Um, we gotta get we gotta get the information back out to you. Like and, and, like in this particular point, Miss Katrina, we gotta make sure that people understand how to get to your social medias, uh, how to follow you, how to be able to communicate with you, how to know when there's updates that's needed, how to know whenever you know you guys are having a rally down there, um, and everything else that it involves. We just need to make sure that people understand how to follow you. So um, we gotta make sure we get that out, right? And um, oh. So before we uh, close out, I want to uh, go around. We're going to go around. Hey, uh, John, so I want you to um, – you, you, uh, we can't see you right now. I think you got your avatar up. But, um, yeah, so uh, before we get out of here, any closing remarks from you uh, based on things that's going on and what you want the people to know? Yeah, just uh, – we're definitely going to be keeping people posted, um, hopefully possibly via your show. Also, Mr. Fred Chambliss page. Um, that we're going to be coming down to meet with Miss um, Katrina and give her the resources that she needs. First thing we're going to do is meet with her, and the second thing we do is do a uh, press conference. Press conference. I hope not only to generate a lawyer, but I'm also going to be referring her to a lawyer as well. And then more penetration. We're basically going to create a campaign for her son, same way they campaigned for Breonna Taylor, campaign for George Floyd. It's the same blueprint, and so uh, it's a campaign. It's not a, a sprint, it's a marathon. So our goal is to build resources, energy, information. When if she feels as though she's being threatened by the police, one thing I was gonna say earlier is that when you feel you're being threatened by the police or they being unruly, call 911. They can't hang up until you hang up and everything's recorded. And so that has helped a lot of people in this country that they've called 911. So 911 is your special recording. Don't try to go Facebook Live because they can block your page and take that down. One thing that can be used not only for recording purposes, but in court is a 911 call. I soon we forget that they pulled some old 911 calls of Nicole Simpson calling the police on OJ Simpson. And when you think that that archive is dead, you're wrong. They pulled them up and tried to use it against them in court, even though they weren't successful because they went up against the baddest man in the country at that time, which was Johnny Cochran. But they pulled those old 911 tapes up and played Nicole Simpson um, screaming in reference to O.J. Simpson fighting her. And so use 911 to the fullest. Um, and then um, again, I wanna thank Mr. Fred Chambers for being on tonight, AKA the whistleblower. Uh, it's people like him, it, that's the Medgar Evers of Mississippi. And uh, you know, he gives me hope because he just stays vigilant on, this, on uh, the streets. He hasn't given up. I, I, I actually put a spark in him with civil rights and uh, he done ran with it and created an entire flame, and that's what's needed. So if I can find about uh, about 10 more Fred Chambliss in Mississippi, I'll be all right. 
Uh, be all right. Miss right, Katrina, Katrina, keep your head up. You will see us soon. There it is. There it is. All right. So, Fred, what's, what's going on with you, man? Let, let the people know. Uh, um, um, I'm still fighting the Federal Bureau of Prisons. They recently terminated me uh, at the, uh, my, my press conference with Mr. Barnett, uh, which was uh, illegal. They did. They wrongfully terminated me. I'm a, I'm by law. I'm a whistleblower, and there are laws that's supposed to protect me. And like I say, uh, I've reported all this. I reported it from everybody you could think of. Uh, I have one civil lawsuit and three EEO cases. Uh, just waiting to hear back from two of the judges on my wait, waiting to hear back from the judge on my civil lawsuit and one of my my second on my second EEO case and. Uh, I'm just going to continue to fight and expose, 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 uh, because if Mr. Barnett is here, somebody got to do it, you know, uh, and it's like, it's not, it's not many, like Mr. Barnett said, if he had 10 more people like me around, it would be all right, but I've sparked the flame of another guy that I was interviewing, so, you know, uh, he's doing his little civil rights thing now, uh, Mr. Leon Seals, so, you know, yeah, so, you know, by Mr. Barnett sparking the flame of me, I sparked the flame in somebody else. So, you know, um, hopefully we can just continue this thing. And if people want to continue, uh, watch my story, I'm on, uh, Fred Chamless on Facebook, uh, last name, C H A M B L I S S. You'll see me standing on two federal prison signs. Um, and you'll see my story on the, uh, on my, on my cover story on my Facebook page. Uh, like I said, I'm on the front page of the Jackson advocate as the Yazoo city whistleblower. Um, because I have exposed the, the, the Bureau. The Bureau of Prisons is corrupt, just like the Mississippi Department of Corrections, just like the Rankin County um, Sheriff Department, just like the Jackson Police Department, uh, just like Lexington Police Department, Madison County Police Department, uh, Gulfport Police Department. This whole Mississippi, like I said earlier, Mississippi is on fire. And it's, it's just remnants of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, However you want to go far back, you want to go. Mississippi is burning, right. and we need all the outside resources we can get because these churches ain't real. Uh, and like Brother Barnett said, we need to be in the mosque. I've just currently started going to the mosque myself, and sure Bar Mr. Barnett is, is ab absolutely correct on that. The, the, the mosque is where our people need to be. I'm not saying they have to join, but the mosque is where our people need to be because they're teaching that they're the they're the biggest whistleblowers in the world. The, the Muslims, the FOI, the Nation of Islam, they're the biggest whistleblowers. That's right. So that's why they're hated so much by the government. That's why, and, and, and people don't know, uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan and the nation has a, a $400 million lawsuit against the Jews. The, the uh, I forgot the name of the Jew organization, but they have a $400 million lawsuit against the Jews for uh, discriminatory uh, acts against the nation of Islam, you know. Right. Uh, so I mean, that's not even being talked about. Well, man, four hundred million dollar lawsuit, right. um, and as well as Mr. Barnett and his team, they have a four hundred million dollar lawsuit against the Rankin County Goon Squad. One man, right. right now. So we, we we people ain't talking about that either. You know, I mean, a four hundred million dollar lawsuit. Come on now. But uh, yeah, I just want I just want people to keep eye on on Mississippi, man, because we need prayers and uh, hail marys. We need everything, because like I say, Mississippi is burning, 
And I, I'm just so glad that Mr. Barnett was able to uh, spark that flame in me. And now that I can help him and, and help Miss Mateen and help uh, whoever needs to help and, and, and to just grow my platform and expose and expose and expose because I'm, I'm far from scared and I'm ready. Definitely. That's Definitely. right. All right, so make sure everybody follow Fred Chambliss. I'm going to um link up with you myself as soon as we uh, get done with the show. And, um yeah, man, we're going to follow you and keep up with your support union, with your movement, and help support you on that end, too. Yes, so, sir. Katrina, let's, let, let, let everybody know what's going on with you and how they can figure out how to get with you and keep, you know, supporting you in the movement. Um, I want to let everybody know that my son was a, he was a good, um, no matter what the, the department is trying to portray him to be as far as being a thug and a gangbanger, whatever they call it. Um, everything about my case, I usually post it on my, my TikTok. So anything that you want to know about the case are um, videos of um, when my son was murdered. It's, all that is on my uh, my TikTok account, uh, which is Jaheem's mom. Uh, how, how, how do you spell Jaheem? Is it with the I-E-M or the E-E-M? I-E-M, J-A-H-E-I-M. Okay. Jaheem's mom. Um, I have a few things on my Facebook account, but... Um, I just really need support from community, everybody, to be honest. You know, the people that I had in the beginning, I can't really say where they are and how they're helping me now. I'm, maybe it's not benefiting them right now because my son's story is not in the light where it was in the beginning. Right. So... To help me is, you know, just I want it to be back in the light. I need people to talk about his story and share his story. Um, look it up on WLOX YouTube. It's everywhere. Well, their narrative is everywhere. But I have actual screenshots and photos on my TikTok, which I took myself from the body cam footage um, from the officer that shot my son. Wow. Where, it, where it shows right after he handcuffed my son, there was no gun in the spot that they say they found it. It was arrived on the scene. Um, my, my GoFundMe is uh, Jaheem McMillan, organized by Katrina Mateen. And um, my cash app, it's... Um, it's embarrassing to say it. I don't need to change it, but it's uh, Forever Sexy 39. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a little embarrassing. No, no, no. No, it's not. It's, it's, just, it's just that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I just, it just wasn't like the thing that we. <laughs> you was gonna come and say, uh, "That's just dope, though." Right, and, so it's not about it's not about the signature; it's about the cash. Yeah, that's mind. a fact. That's a fact. So, so one more time for ever sexy what? Thirty nine. 
Oh, okay. As long as it ain't, as long as it wasn't Forever Sexy 69, you good, yeah? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Hey, brother. Right. Right. I got. I, I got two more. I want to say this too. We got two more stories, kind of similar to Miss Mateen. We mm -hmm. got one of brother Raheem Carter. Uh, uh, that's not too far from her, bro. Uh, uh, Ben Crump was down here on that story too. Is a young brother who was chased through the woods. Um, and he called his mother, called his mom, and told him if anything happened to him. It was his 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 boss man, and he worked at a paper mill. And he ran to the police department for help, and they told him to get out. He couldn't; they couldn't help him. And he was later found weeks later found running through the woods with his shirt off, with a big stick in his hand, running through. He he was pictured on a trail cam, and his mother got his his mother didn't get his body. She got the only thing she got back was his head severed. And his name is Raheem Carter. And that story has kind of died off too. And we just had another story as of uh, a few months back too of a young boy, uh, black boy uh, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who was run over by this white kid and his mother came and helped him clean up the scene. And because she has ties to the police department um, and she admitted to helping clean up the scene. Nobody has been in, and the boy has admitted, they all admitted to it. And no charges have been filed because they have ties to the police department. And so, you know, we got all that. So I say, man, this shit is, I mean, it's, it's so messed up down here. It's messed up. It is messed up down here. It is messed up. Yeah, that's crazy, y'all. All right, yeah, so, so we're so, going to so, open up so, the Brother Rod, you could do a whole you could do a whole series, man. Two or three weeks on Mississippi. Mississippi Burn. I, I was just getting ready to say, I was just getting ready to say, I'm gonna have to have y'all come back on, man. Like we're gonna have to do this periodically, man, like um and, and give y'all the platform, man, so we could be able to talk about certain things specifically and then give them its proper um attention and then move it around because most yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and when you drop this link, I'm gonna send when you drop your link, I'm gonna be sending it out to uh, Attorney Crump, all of the attorneys that I know, Attorney Shabazz, Sister Katrina, so she can share with all of her friends, all of the homeboys, these homies that was in the car with him. I'm gonna make sure I do because I do marketing. I'm gonna make sure I flood you this video, this uh interview yeah, throughout to. the whole area of Mississippi. Yeah, we got to because it, it needs to be known. Like people need to understand what it means to work together. So before we get out of here, and meet um, your uh, advertiser, um, if you want to um, let everybody know uh, what's going on with you, and uh, well, you already know we we uh, for those of y'all that don't know, meet work with me on uh, a lot of the filming and, and the things that we do. So um, she's an entrepreneur in her own right too, as well. So go ahead, meet. Let them know what you got going on. Sorry, my kids just came up. Um, what am I saying? Oh. <laughs> This year, I don't know, I have a lot of things coming up this year. I'm going to get back into my coaching probably around March. I got a couple of programs I'm trying to put together, trying to get marketed. Um, I am, of course, still working on planners. It's never too late to order a planner. It's always custom for you. Um, so, yeah, I'm getting that done this week. It's my birthday this week. So I'm pumped. I'm excited. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm lit. <laughs> All right. So that's a lot. So so um, what we want to do uh, before we go, I want everybody to know um, that's watching that we'll watch the playbacks and everything like that. Uh, the, you know, if you can find it in your heart, because we understand that a lot of times uh, when things are not on your doorstep, it doesn't hit the same. But just if you guys are parents, anybody that's going to watch the playback, if you're a parent, if you're an uncle, uh, anything in that particular order, if, if that, this could very well happen to you. And, and just remember that, you know, like, and then you will need this help. So everybody that's been up here tonight, we want to make sure that y'all know uh, that I'm going to do my part to help support you guys. Um, I'm going to market and promote what we've talked about tonight. And uh, anytime that y'all want to get on and talk about something, the, the door is open to y'all. Y'all got my information. Just hit me up and we'll schedule it in and let y'all come on and let y'all talk and chop it up it, on any any progress or anything that y'all need the people to know. So, Ms. Katrina, I want you to understand that you have that option. Uh, anytime that you want to jump on and talk about something and um, keep it moving because we want to make sure that you stay inspired too because you still, you know, you have a son, a 10-year-old son um, that has gone through this with you and it's very important that they, uh, that he sees that you have some support as well too, even if it's from strangers, you know, I guess, you know, stranger danger in some spaces, but in this particular case, you know, that, you know, people that they may not know you personally, but uh, empathizes with you guys and um, is willing to stand behind you as best that we can. So um, I want to make sure that you understand that. I You have my phone number, my personal number, so anytime you want to reach out, just reach out to me and we'll make some shade. Um, other than that, to all of y'all that's watching tonight, thank y'all. Everybody that jumped off and on tonight, thank y'all. Um, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we know that it's a tornado going on out here in the city and everywhere where we are. So uh, we know Illy was trying to get on and off, but the weather didn't permit. Uh, Tamika was supposed to come on. The weather didn't permit. So shout out to all of y'all that did watch it and y'all do have y'all internet and stuff. Uh, we thank y'all for taking the time out to watch us tonight. Also, uh, stay safe out there. Another thing, though, before I go, y'all know we like to close out with something. Remember this, y'all, if y'all don't remember nothing else. Everything that starts off comes back. So if you are a person that can see that people are going through things, even if it ain't going through you personally, just remember to empathize with those people. It don't cost nothing to throw up a prayer for these people. If you don't believe in something, that's fine, too. If you believe in money, these people can use donations, not just because people feel like people want money is because that they're fighting real causes and real cases they need support right although we understand like brother Fred earlier said that he lost his job by speaking up there's a lot of people that won't speak up they won't put their livelihood in, in the forefront in order to speak up so brothers like him uh, brothers like John you know you guys have to find ways that you can support their cause and movement even if you can't be there in person sending a dollar sending 99 cent sending you know anything that can help uh go towards the movement it, that, look that 99 cent can help buy a stamp wait hold on how much is a stamp nowadays wait I don't know but maybe maybe if you guys give, give up enough that 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 they could get a stamp the mail out i don't know it's just like whatever you feel like that you can contribute please do we understand what mm -hmm. level the country is in right now but we also understand that food clothing and shelter food clothing and shelter we control those two things we control our freedom 
It's not so much about your job. So remember that, right? So remember that. So I, no, as we always say, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. So until next time, I'm your boy, Rod One. This is Sparking Conversation. Y'all know what to do. Stay focused out there and stay lit, yo. We out of here. Until next time. Peace. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>